Are you ready to take action to attain the lifestyle of your dreams? It's a great way to make a lot of money fast, fast, fast. Hey there, Clever Investors. Cody Sperber, the original Clever Investor here. Welcome back to the Clever Investor Show. I am so excited for today because in studio we have one of my favorite human beings on planet Earth, a personal mentor of mine. This guy is an ultimate performance specialist. He is a neuroscientist. He is the founder of the Neuro Encoding Institute. He's the lead trainer for Tony Robbins. He is my favorite trainer's trainer. Mr. Joseph McClendon III is in no, the house, thank you baby. So much. Thank you. Stop it. Stop come it. On, come baby, on, come on, come on. Come on. I know how this goes. Stop. I've been lucky enough to have this fine gentleman on my stages and it just over the years got to know him and got great mentorship from him. So I'm happy that you're here. Uh, you're actually here because you brought your son in. Absolutely. I brought my son in to experience the best of the best. And thank you for teaching him so much. Already. Yeah, we're teaching yeah. young blood some real estate. <laughs> yeah. And, and by the way, I've never seen him so excited about something like this. As you, you met him, he's pretty low key, the exact opposite of me. <laughs> well, think about and this. And, 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 and you're an ultimate performance specialist. In a second, I want to unpack what that is. But the mentorship you're giving your son right now, at 16 years old to put him on game on, hey, listen, money, there's there's principles and rules around Absolutely. the money game. If you want to win, you got to be around people that are playing the game to win in the right money-making vehicle, like real estate investing. Learn this stuff. Learn how to be an entrepreneur. Learn, learn how to control your future and don't let other people control it. Absolutely. And, and my motto is, and as I've taught you, you know, get the best from the best. And that's what I'm doing with him. And I got to tell you that you have a teenager as well. Sometimes we are not our kids' best teachers. So even though I've got a background in real estate and everything, you know, all that stuff and yep. everything, it's better him hearing it from you. And I get to demonstrate, listen, I teach this stuff and now you get to do that. You get to be in front of the best. So, so here it goes. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm excited that you're here. So what, what is an ultimate performance <laughs> specialist? Cause I've been up on stages yeah. and you've been in front of, I don't know, six, seven, eight, 10 million people sometimes millions in a year, you get everybody up out, you're, they're shaking their butt, they're doing all this fun stuff. And then, and then you get them in this peak state where you are then starting to train them and they're having all these breakthroughs and all this mental clarity is what is, is that what an ultimate performance specialist is to get the best out of somebody? That is the beginning, I would say, or that's, that's one facet of it. But that whole, what you're talking about there is in the moment, you can get anybody to get, you know, through process and everything, you can get anybody to be excited. You can get anybody in the right state and you can teach them in that moment. Here's how to put yourself in, let's just say, a more productive state than you would normally do. The real work in, in terms of being a, an, an ultimate performance coach or specialist is when they leave that seminar, because everybody can be excited in a seminar and I'm going to do it and I will do it. But you know, as well as I do, not everybody is going to do it. When they come out of there, life is going to come back, right? Life is going to, you know, you got to take the kids to school. You got to, you know, I got this, I got that going on and fear sets in. So their old habits come back in and they don't go after it. So as a specialist, what you do is you help somebody, you find, you help that person figure out exactly how they are as a human being, not as, not as a general human being, that specific human being, what makes them tick, the buttons that push them, that cause them to go unresourceful or resourceful and teach them how to push their own buttons so that they step up when it's time to step up. Got it. So you just based on knowing the psychology of people, get them to create, help them create their framework to where it's like, Hey, when you're feeling and you use the word unresourceful, a lot mm -hmm. of people walk through life unresourceful. Most, 
I would say. It's crazy. It's crazy. You look around, everybody's a boring ass adult. They're not really (laughs) doing much. You're just kind of like, dude, there's so much more in you. Yeah. But you're not playing full out. Why is that? Is that just because they've been beat up by life and they're just. It's a combination. They've just been told no so many times. They've just given up. Here's the sad part, Cody, is that whether it's social, especially social media now, but whether it's media and everything around, we're being trained to be docile. We're being trained to be unresourceful. We're being, we're being conditioned step by step. And I, you know, at the risk of sounding too conspiratorial about it, it is by design to keep people where they are. I was hired by, I I can't give the name of the company, but I was hired by a company several years ago. And let's just say now this this company is one of the uh, biggest streaming companies of of, of uh, movies and and they hired me back then because they were at the time they were what was called syndication what means which means they bought material they bought they buy shows from other television shows and they wanted to start creating their own content mm. and so they asked me to study what the psychology of the people that are creating their own content why they're doing so well and that's kind of my specialty is to go in and to really kind of assess what's going on and I came I found within traditional uh, media and and television shows and the broadcasting and that kind of thing, there are 12 what I call markers that trigger us to be a certain way. Now, I'll give you an example, two of them that are just super, super simple. One of them is a cliffhanger. You know what that is? Mm-hmm. You know, and they just keep you going, huh? okay, we'll be, you'll get this after that. We'll get this, you'll get, what we're going we're gonna to show you the winner of this contest after the commercial. And that keeps you hanging on. But what it does to us psychologically is it keeps us, at that place of the cortisol dump coming in because we're stressed. And then when we see the relief of it coming back on, what that makes us do is keep watching. But the crap that we keep watching, especially social media, keeps us unresourceful. And so it's by design. It is by design to do that. And, you know, I always tell people, stand guard of the gates of your mind through your eyes. And what that means is, is, is what we spend most of our times in front of the screens right now. I just left the airport coming here, and I was saying to my son, look around, look around at everybody, including him, by the way. Everybody's like this. There wasn't mm. one person, including the woman behind the uh, the counter there. Not even the there workers. Not <laughs> even the workers. Everybody's on a screen. Yeah. That's not the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. You know, we're supposed to experience life. We're, we're exposed to, and, and by the way, that's where we get our, our, our energy from, from our possibility. You were telling us a little while ago, when you were a kid, you were telling my son that that entrepreneurial spirit, that doesn't come from burying your head in video games and social media and things like that. That comes from observing what's going on around. That's what's so beautiful about you. It's just like you look around and you go, this is possible. This is possible. This is possible. And you become what I call optimistic. And optimistic doesn't just mean every cloud has a shower, a silver lining. Optimistic means you have more options because you see more options and you can't do that stuck on a screen. Yeah. So you, one of them was a cliffhanger. What was another marker? So cliffhanger, the other one is, and, and I challenge anybody to challenge me on this, is canned laughter. Watch your, <laughs> that's check, true. Yeah. You, you, you watch your favorite. I don't care whether it's friends or Seinfeld or anything, watch it and notice how many times you actually laugh out loud. It's usually zero. You might every once in a while go, hmm, that kind of thing. Yeah. But there's canned laughter every several beats and a beat in, in acting and, and in television is it's like, 
dialogue goes da 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 and then there's canned laughter and then da 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 and then da 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 and then there's canned laughter so what they're doing is they're training you to respond to those beats and then guess what they do in commercials those same beats are there in commercials so you go ah ah and every time you go ah they show you the commercial they show you the product and what that's doing is training you to want that product that trains you to look forward to that but guess what happens when it's gone there's no dopamine rush because all those things produce a dopamine rush, which makes us feel good. So when it's off, guess what you're craving? More screen. Yeah. It's like my my son, when I peel him away from video games, oh, like God, the next yeah. like two hours is a disaster. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. like so upset with the world. Exactly. He can't even believe that he's got to do nothing <laughs> yeah, for a little bit. Exactly. You're like, oh, I just got to sit here and uh -huh. listen and yeah. watch. Like, yeah. what are you talking about? And that's and, sad. Yeah. It's a, it's a thing. Okay. So how do you help somebody become more resourceful? Like, what's the approach? So we, we know that we got to activate this framework within them, but how do you actually approach it? There's a, there's a quote that I love, and it was by Joe Frazier, you know, heavyweight uh, champion back in the 60s, I believe it was. And the, the, the phrase, the saying is that between the promise and the payoff, there's always process. And the promise is whatever you want, whenever you decide you want to make more money, you want to be more successful, you want to have a better body, that kind of thing. The payoff, but to get those things, you got to do something. And the process is what I call neuroencoding. The process in between, there's several things. And one of them is to, well, I always look at it like this. Awareness is always the first step. And that is why people will go to a, to a, a personal development seminar or seek out a coach because they are aware that they need to change. They want something and for some reason they're not doing something. And I call these the thieves of our dreams. There's 10 of them. And everybody suffers from them. Everybody. Procrastination, hesitation, fear of failure, fear of success, self-doubt, self-loathing, imposter syndrome, fear of rejection, stress, and overwhelm. There's not a person on the planet that doesn't suffer from those things. So, so what do they call me that has all of them going on in my head all called, at the same time? You're called being a human being. But here's the difference. You have a process mm. that you, that allows you to snap yourself out of it quicker than the other person, to put yourself into optimism quicker than the other person. I always say this, there are no fearless people because all of those 10 things, those are just fear. There's no fearless people, but there are people that fear less. And what that means is, is the less is not quantity. It's, uh, it's quality, time. It's time. So in other words, something can piss you off or something can upset you, something can make you fear something to make you, you know, fear of, of failure or whatever, but you snap yourself out of it because you have gone through, I've put you through process. Mm -hmm. You see me do it with your audiences as well in the form of, I'm going to give you one of them is a pattern interrupt. In other words, feel bad. Here's the, here's the, here's the formula for snapping your, or, or training yourself to automatically snap out of, or encoding yourself to automatically snap out of being unresourceful or fearful or any of those 10 things. It goes like this. Feel bad on purpose. When even when you're feeling good, to train yourself, because it's a process to make yourself feel bad. And then when you feel bad, what we call do a pattern interrupt. And what that means is you've seen me stand up, mm -hmm. shake yourself out, do whatever. Because in that moment, when you do that, you're no longer feeling bad, even if it's just for a moment. So you feel bad on purpose and then snap yourself out of it through there's a series of things that we can do. Stand up, shake yourself out, you know, you know, you know me, shake that ass, do whatever it is. Uh, and then when you do, what happens is in that moment, you create what's called a scotoma, which is a blank spot in your mind. It's, it's like this. Have you ever done something like this? You're sitting in maybe your living room and you go, 
oh, I got to go in the in the kitchen and get an ink pen or get a newspaper or something. And you stand up and you go in the kitchen and there you're in the kitchen going, the hell did I come in here for? <laughs> yeah. You've interrupted the pattern because in that <laughs> moment, you've got a blank spot in that moment. Because when you're sitting on the couch, you're in a pattern of thought. You're focused on this. This is what you want. And you can use it with any emotion, fear, anything. And then when you stand up and you shake yourself out, then all of a sudden, you got this blank spot. It's called a scotoma in psychology. But that blank spot is a vacuum. And what does nature always want to do with a vacuum? Fill it up. Mm -hmm. And so that's your opportunity to feel good in that moment. So it's feel bad, interrupt the pattern to create that scotoma and then feel good. And it's as simple as going, putting a smile on your face mm. because there's a dopamine release. And what happens is that that, that spot gets filled up with, with something that's resourceful, joy or happiness or, or anticipation or excitement or whatever. And then when you celebrate, because you know how I am about that, when you celebrate, there's another dopamine release and the brain automatically goes, what just happened before I got that dopamine release? And the brain goes, oh, we snapped ourselves out of this unresourceful state. Let's do it again. You do that a few times. And the very thing that triggered you to feel bad will be the thing that triggers you to feel good. The very thing that will trigger you to feel resourceful. This makes so much sense because a lot of times when I'm really feeling overwhelmed or tons of anxiety and stress, if I even if I don't feel like it, if I force myself to go to the gym real quick and get yeah. a pump mm -hmm. for the rest of my day, I'm back in the game. Exactly. And yeah. yeah. And what happened? And, and the more you do it, the more you will do it automatically. Yeah. It makes sense. And, and, and now I remember the first time you put me through an exercise where it was, it was uh, stand up. Okay. Now sit down and become unresourceful. Yeah. Then stand up and say, yes. And then sit down and become unresourceful. We get really mopey, get really sad. Then stand up. Yes. And you made us do that a bunch of times yeah. before you knew it. I couldn't be you unresourceful any longer. Yeah. Like it just, I, no matter how hard I tried, it could not get myself there. Yeah. I was just always on a high. And that is process. You know, that, but that's an unbelievably simple way of doing it. But then I also, especially for you, I would give you something to do when I'm gone. I just call it tell, show, try, do. I'm going to tell you, then I'm going to show you, and you and I are going to try it together, and then I'm going to give you something to do when I'm gone. Because it's the work that you do. Like you say, you go to the gym and, and pump up. It's the work you do when I'm not there that extends it, that, that gives it longevity, that makes it, uh, I'm, that's, that makes it sustainable, if you will, throughout the rest of your life, yeah. and it makes it automatic. The number one quality that successful people have that unsuccess I don't see in average or unsuccessful people is discipline. Discipline. It's yeah. that mm -hmm. part where like, okay, we're out of the conference now. I <laughs> yeah. got to do this, mm -hmm. but nobody's around and nobody's watching and nobody's holding me accountable. I could let it slide. I don't think they give it that much thought, quite honestly. Yeah. I think it becomes automatic. I think you're absolutely right that discipline is the number one key with regard to being successful, whatever that means for, for anybody. I think that that what takes over Cody is uh, their conditioning that way that they have been. I don't think they sit down and go, well, nobody's around. I'm not going to do this. I think they just squirrel. <laughs> you know? They just get distracted off, by they get life. Distracted. And then they, and then they, like I said, procrastination, hesitation. There's a reason why those two things are up front because procrastination is just the fear of being uncomfortable, the fear of uh, of doing something. If you do it, then uh, it's going to take a lot of effort or that's going to do that. And we we internalize that stuff and we don't think about it. We just literally, and now, like I said, I'm going to go back to you know, our screens that we have in front of them. It's instant relief from any kind of emotional pain. 
It's instant relief. And the emotional pain, it doesn't have to be big. It's not like drama. It can be the pain of, oh, I got to go to the gym or, or this. And we start to make those excuses and the rest is history. Wow. I, I, I feel like, especially right now, people need to raise their intention and enthusiasm more than ever. There's so many of our kids. This is why I love you bringing your son in here. Mm -hmm. Um, you're setting such a good standard for him. There's so many kids watching their parents right now and their parents are setting the worst standard. Because they don't know any better. It's not their fault. It's they they don't know any better. I don't I don't think any parent, I would like to think that, that any parent does not go, you know, I don't care what my son or my daughter or my kids or anything, I don't care what they think. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a jerk and I'm gonna operate operate at my at my worst. I don't think they're even thinking about it. I think my dad used to always say this. He goes, Everybody's doing the best they can with the resources that they have. And if you don't, if you, if you're unaware that you have a habit that is, if you're, I think people are aware of their habits that, that are unresourceful, but if you're unaware that that habit is affecting other people in a negative way, then I, I don't think that, again, I don't think people are going, well, I'm doing this on purpose. I think people are just being the way that they are. And if they're unaware that there's a process or several processes that they can be a better person or they can operate at a different level, then they're just going to keep on doing what they're doing. So I'd love to hear your opinion. Can can you take somebody who's 45, 50 years old, kind of an old dog, just stuck <laughs> in their ways? Can you, can you, can you through putting them through the neuring encoding Institute or something, all of a sudden they light up, they get out of their own way. They change their beliefs, their patterns, their, the history, and they write absolutely. a new, new journey absolutely. moving forward. The answer is absolutely. Yes. We do it all the time. As a matter of fact, I have a, uh, over a thousand, I was telling you this before, over, over a thousand uh, uh, members in my Institute now, then that's what they're out there doing. And that's what we are out to do because listen, everybody needs help. You, we, we look at our children, we go, gosh, the kids need the help. Well, listen, everybody needs help. And so when people, you, you can do it one of two ways. You can wait for them to come to you or you can affect them where they are. You can go after them. And in, it's been my experience that, yeah, my business model and when what I've done for so long is people come to me. They come to me, whether it's a seminar or something like that. But now through my institute, that's the reason I'm doing it is because I want more boots on the ground that are out there making a difference in other people's lives. So for that 50-year-old person, for that 60-year-old person, I always say this, the best time to plant a tree, 20 years ago. Next best time is right now. And if you have process, then you can do it quickly and you can do it in a way that, and, and here's the other thing, and you know me with this, is that is that it is called the Socratian process or the Socratian theory. And that is, if I solve your problem for you, then I'm enabling you. So rather, I help you solve your own problem. I look at it like this. If I tell you something, you may believe me. But if you tell me, if you tell you, you will believe you. And so what my job is, is to, yeah, I'm going to educate you. I'm going to show you some things, but I want you to have those aha moments where you go, holy crap, I did this because that's what you take away. I don't want you to come away going that guy Joseph was, is great. I want you to come away going, 
Cody's great. And that's, and that's, you know, you came to the game with much more than the average person. I'm going to say, we were just talking about the, just a little while ago. Uh, and we can help much, much more, much, 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 much more. Your way. Yeah. I was, I'm like, you know, I feel bad for all the commoners out there at this point in life. But the, I mean, the truth of the matter is, you know, for just to, just to really make a real story, story of how we met, I was sitting after an event, uh, in first class, and you came up to me and said, listen, you know, would you come back and, you know, business, I mean, in, in coach class at the back of the, I think it was the last row of the plane, would you come back and I'd like to spend some time with you and pick your brain or however you put it. And, it, and your energy that you brought to that ask was everything. I can't believe that that worked. And, and Guys, by the way, I did it. Just yeah. to give you some background, so just since we brought it up. In business, as an entrepreneur, you rarely have a clear path, right? It's You have an idea, a concept that you want to do, but it's kind of hazy, right? And that's what makes entrepreneurship so fun. It's not, there's no certainties in here. It's like, all right, how much hustle, how much heart do you have? Can you, can you enroll people into your vision? Can you get people on board? Can you move things forward? Um, and when you're new, it, you're, it's just all heart. You're it's making just, it up. You're making yeah, it up. It's yeah. just all heart. And so I got it in my head. I wanted to bring some personal development into my new, I just had licensed Josh Altman's. Right, right. Uh, the Josh Altman from Million Dollar Listing. I formed a partnership with him. We were going to go off and create a bunch of education. I knew I needed some personal development stuff and I didn't know where I was going to get it. I wasn't a personal development guy. And then I saw Joseph speaking at an event and I'm like, that's the guy. And, but I didn't know how to approach you. You're, you're up on stage. There's 7,000 people in the crowd. Everybody thinks you're an absolute rock star. And I'm thinking you got security everywhere. I'm like, there's no way I'm getting near you, but you happen to be on my plane. It's like, God just said, Hey, I got you. I'll give you a shot, but you better do something with it. And you did. And I did. And so I saw Joseph sitting there in first class. So what does Cody Sperber do? Tap on it. Hey, man, I love you so much. And by the way, did. I was trying to go to sleep. Oh, I yeah. Was, he was yeah, trying to yeah, ignore me. And I'm yeah. tapping him on the, oh, this white guy going, hey, and I love you, man. I love you. You're the best. Like, I just watched you for, for three days. It was amazing. Hey, I need you to get up out of your first class seat and come to the back of the plane with me. I'm going to pitch you on this business idea. I promise we're going to make money. J just trust me. Get up out of this. You're looking at me like, there ain't no way, white boy. I'm getting out of this seat. I am exhausted. And uh, because of, like you said, a little bit of heart, yeah. you yeah. kind of looked at the twinkle in my eye and mm -hmm. said, all right, I'll give this guy a little shot. But you did do a little disclaimer. You, 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 you gave yourself like an out. You said, I'm going to give you 10 minutes and then I'm going to bed after that because I'm exhausted from, from working. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Four and a half hours later, yeah, I'm still sitting see. there chirping at yeah. him. Two weeks later, you're back in my office. We formed a, 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 a deal together, a partnership. And, and, and let, let, me, let me say this. The, part of the reason, yeah, it was you know, what you pitched to me was great. We'd made a bunch of money together. We've done that, those kinds of things. But here was the most important part, at the risk of sounding too altruistic, was I knew, and and now it, is, it has proven out, and now you're doing it with my son, is the amount of lives, the people's lives that you have changed and are going to change, I knew that that was going to be a result. And that's where, to me, where your heart really is. I know, look, you know, you love to make money, and you've made money, and you will continue to do that. I know where the twinkle in your eye comes from is when mm. you help other people. I, I, I watched it today. I yeah. tell you, as we were walking back over here, I was teared up because I was sitting there watching you do your thing with my son you know, watching you instill your heart into him. And that means everything to me. Yeah, it's amazing when your mentor is telling you, 
that you're doing a good job mentoring his son. Yeah. It's, it's a really cool feeling. Uh, but yeah, it's like, it's like, I, I, I convinced you to come to the back of the plane and we, we made some magic happen and we impacted a lot of lives. And I'm grateful that you gave me the shot to, to do that. And since then you spoke at almost all of my events, you, you are my favorite speaker. You're the, and you're a speaker's trainer. You train other yeah. speakers because when I watch you on stage, it's freaking magic, dude. I, one of my biggest fears was public speaking, right, but sure. not, mm -hmm. not being in front of a bunch of people uh, or talking about real estate in front of, uh, uh, in front of a bunch of people because I know real estate, but there's a difference when you're in front of somebody and you're trying to get the crowd, a new crowd that doesn't know who you are mm -hmm. on board with what you're talking about, get them bought in, move the energy forward, get them in a position to where you can take them someplace mm -hmm. and you can neuro encode them mm -hmm. to where they actually receive it and then want to do something and, with and it later. do something with it's it. It's so yeah. much different yeah. than just standing up there being an expert. Yeah. That is, that is one of the hallmarks of neuro encoding as well is that's what we teach people do is to present. Cause there's a difference between speaking and presenting. Speaking is you're going to facilitate and you're going to, you're going to disseminate some information and you're going to talk. You're going to tell stories and things like that. That doesn't move the needle. I get this all the time at the risk of sounding arrogant. You said it just a little while ago. Here's this guy on stage and there's something about him and all those things. I got to be honest with you. It's process. Every, as I taught you, everything that I do from my, when the time that I step on the stage to the time that when, when I'm standing here, when I'm doing this, what I'm saying, all of it is a system and it's a process. And when you know the system, you know exactly what to do to move those people so you can present to them. The difference between a speaker and a presenter is a speaker, like I said, you're going to disseminate information and you're going to get people to feel good in that moment. You can even get them up out of their chairs and jumping around. But a presenter causes them to do, like I said, feel like, oh, I can do it and I'm going to do it and I will do it and causes them to not just take action while you're there, but to take action when you're gone. And that to me is the most important part. I can, I can get people to get up and go to the back of them and buy a product. That's great. But if they don't do something with that product, then I have, I have not served that person at the highest level. So what I always want to do, and this is what you've always given me the, the, the platform to do that with your audience. And what I'll do with any audience is to give them to give them an experience in that moment that they get to take with them outside of them and a tool that they can at the very least shift themselves from being unresourceful to resourceful. So when it comes down to opening that manual or making that phone call or doing whatever it takes to go forward, then they automatically go into, oh, I remember. And then it becomes automatic with them. Because there's nothing for you to pick up a phone and call somebody now, right? But I guarantee you, over there in the other room where my son is right now, he's sweating bullets. Yeah, we put his son to actual work. <laughs> we we work. just said, hey, listen, here's kind of the concept. Here's your scripts. Here's some phone numbers. Have at it. Have at it. Have yeah. at it. And now he's over there banging phones with my real estate mm -hmm. company. And he's learning. Yeah. And and he's going to come away from that. Now, imagine what it's like having me for a dad. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. He's going to come away from it. And, you know, we pre-framed them and told them that, listen, here's what's going to happen. Every no is a, is, a, is a step closer to yes. So, so get used to hearing your no's and things like that. So he's going to come away with an experience. But then he's also going to come away having already been conditioned to go, oh, that experience I'm successful at because I did it. At the very least, I did it. Whereas most people are going to come away from it going, that was terrible. I hated that. And I didn't, you know, and I was bad and all those things. And they beat themselves up, which teaches you not to do it again. So instead, what he's going to learn and he's learning now is that, yeah, this is because you're not teaching them that this is going to be a cakewalk. You got to yeah. do You got to put in the work. 
and that the work is going to pay off and it's going to pay off through time as well. But if you don't reward yourself, give yourself the credit for it, you're not going to do it. You're not going to keep up. Yeah. Max came over and said, Hey man, just think of it like this. If it takes 10 phone calls to get to a yes, the first nine are no's. And then the 10th one finally said yes. And you make $10,000 on that deal. How much were those no's worth? I thought that was a good frame. It was perfect. It was like, okay, every no is worth a thousand bucks. This is cool. Now I'm starting to think like, hey, I'm buying no's. Yeah. Right. And he did it in such a perfect way too, because he didn't say it's worth 10,000. He asked him, what is it worth? And you made his brain go a thousand bucks. And as soon as that is, that's what I'm talking about is those aha moments, those dopamine release moments where he figured it out. Here he has this grown man who's an expert telling, and I watched him do it with you a few times as well. It's expert telling him what to do, but teaching him in a way that makes him figure it out. Mm-hmm. makes him figure it out. Because when that human being figures out, he told himself. Yeah. Because you know, one of the things I know you've gone through it as well, and if you're a parent, you've gone through this, you'll tell your kids something, you'll go A, B, C, D, and then they don't do it. But then they come back like a month later and they go, you know what I learned? <laughs> you're like, A, B, C, D. Like, you no know? way, really? <laughs> yeah, that's that's the correct response. You're not by the supposed way. to lick the stove? Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. You, instead, But you guess what most parents do? Guess what most people do? I told you that. I taught you that before. But instead, go, really? That is awesome. That's great. So give them credit for having acknowledged it, even though they learned it somewhere else. Yeah. We don't have to be the ones that teach it to them. I love that. Um, okay. So let's, let's stay on this topic of like speaker training just cause you know, selfishly, I want to be a better speaker. I, I huh. speak on a lot of stages. I say no to a lot of things now just cause I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to because, live yeah. my, live my damn life. Yeah. Um, but, uh, when I get up on stage, I love that feeling where I finally connect with the audience. So if you were to give somebody some advice right now, mm-hmm. just on like, how is it to be a quality presenter? Like, what are the attributes? What are the things you can work on? What's the structure? Like, just- I'll, I'll give you the structure. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you a really great structure. And it was something I learned from, I learned the the uh, foundation of this structure from Jim Rohn, who was one of my mentors uh, years ago. Uh, and it goes like this. First off, look at it as a football field. Look at it as- your 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 goal is to get to the the 100 yard line well your first 50 yards if not 60 yards is connection because people need to feel me too they need to feel like i said like oh i can it's it's me it's not just this guy up there telling stories about him or you can do this and that kind of thing i need to feel that way and people feel that way through connection people like people like themselves so you start off and doing, getting people, I don't know if the camera's on you right now, getting people to do exactly what you're doing right now. And hopefully you out there are doing this as well. Like you're this. going uh-huh. like yeah. this, going oh, yeah. like this. Get first 50 as as, yards. Yeah, that's Connection. the first 50 Got yards. So, so if you get people to do that, then what happens is there's an energetic exchange, literally energy. Literally, literally there's a thing called uh, Carillion photography, and you can see the electromagnetic energy go between two other people. The example I like to use is this. If you are sitting in a car and you feel somebody looking at you and you look over and and they sure enough are, what happened is there's an energetic connection. We're going to talk more about that here in a second because I want to talk about what made me be in that airport at the exact time that you needed me to be there and me for you. Okay. Don't get me started now. Okay. So, so that energetic connection is what happens when people go, when they agree. When they go, yeah, when their head goes up and down, you've got that connection because people like people like themselves. So there's that energetic connection. So the way you do that 
is you tell them things about you that they can't deny. So just like, for example, if I was to get up in front of somebody, I'd say, hey, I'm Joseph McClendon III, and by profession, I'm a neuropsychologist, but by trade, I'm an ultimate performance specialist. I help people get over fears and phobias and emotional challenges. I also show people how to get the very best out of themselves. Now, all of those words, I'm talking about me, but they're going, well, okay, okay, because they can't, they can't um, uh, deny that these things that I'm saying are true about me. I'm also doing it, I'm leaving a bunch out, but I'm also doing it with a level of certainty and love for them that causes them to feel my love towards them at the risk of sounding too goofy. In that moment, they're going, yeah, like that. The next thing you do is tell them something they already know that they're going to agree with. So for an example, um, if I go in front of an audience of, of realtors, I'm going to go, and I always started off like, like this. Here's how things are. You're all here because you want to be better at what you want. You want more. You want to create more clients. You want to sell more houses and or you want to buy more houses. You want to invest so that you can go further faster. And they're doing exactly what you're mm -hmm. doing right now. Is they're going, yep, this is what I want. This is what I want. And then you say things like the market is crazy right now. It's been up and down and real estate for throughout time has always been this and that kind of thing. And what happens is they have to agree. And while they're doing that, you're loving them and you're connecting with them. Now, here's where the, here's where the flip, the, the switch gets flipped and you get them. And that's this, is that it's called attack and confess. Because the analogy is, is if I give you this bottle of water and I go, listen, this is sacred water and I want you to have it. All right. And when you drink this water, it's a gift from me, Cody. I want you to have that. And I want you to have that. And every time you need it, I want you to take a little sip of that water. It's going to be great. Now, I've given you that, right? And okay. you've taken possession of you. If I go out and I go like this and I take it back, what do you want? Uh, well, you want the damn bottle yeah, back. Yeah, I want the you water want back. back. Okay, so how you do that with them is this. You've given them the gift of connection, yeah? Okay. And then you attack them and you go, here's what you've done. You've you said you were going to do something in the past and you didn't do it. You procrastinated. You hesitated. You allowed fear to get in your way. And what's happening is you're taking the connection back because now they're looking at you like, well, you know, yeah, and it doesn't feel good. And this is where most speakers, because uh, people don't want to uh, interrupt that connection if they have it, if, if they are aware enough of a speaker to, to do that in the first place. Most people that's up there telling stories, well, let me teach you this, let me show you my PowerPoint and so on, but there's nothing wrong with. But if you do it without connection, then they're going to forget it in 48 hours. So I take that bottle away from you by attacking you and by telling you that this is what you've done wrong and this is what's bad. And now what you want is you want the connection back. And so in that moment, here's where the flip, gets, the switch gets flipped is I go, you know what? I've done it too. And I may tell you a story that I've done it too. Matter of fact, I was the worst procrastinator on the planet. As a matter of fact, I was so bad that I wound up homeless living in a cardboard box. And then what happens is now they're doing exactly what you're doing. Again, they're going, okay, mm. my friend is back and I've given the water bottle back to you. And you know I've got teeth, meaning that you know that I can, uh, I can hurt you emotionally because the fear of it, because I just rejected you when I attacked you, right? So behind now, behind there, you're going, well, unconsciously, you're not thinking, okay, this guy can hurt me. And I say hurt me, you know, yeah, I get like, what you're saying. make me feel bad, that kind of thing. And by the way, emotion, rejection yeah. is the worst fear that people have. So 
behind that. And then not, now you're going to do what I ask you to do. Now you're going to, because now you're paying attention. It's just like you're going, okay, I got the connection back and I want to keep this. And how I'm going to keep this is by paying attention. And then I move directly into solution. And then I'll say, here's what the solution is. And I'll say, the solution is to learn a process that's going to do this, 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 and this. And you're going, okay, yeah, I want this. And then the last thing, which is really, really important, is for me to get you to do something physically. Write this down. Stand up in this moment, you know, do this. Because when I get you to respond to me that way, and, and by the way, I want to say this it, it, because otherwise this might sound like it's manipulative. As long, and, and this is what I, I, I teach my students, make sure that you're doing this, A, with love, and B, with the intention that you're going to help this person move forward. Because it's intention that they feel. It's not, it's not feigned um, uh, uh, connection. It's really intention. I really walk onto a stage and I really love these people before I do. And I really- yeah, you want an outcome. I want an outcome. You want them to yeah, experience to a outcome. real outcome. And you started this whole thing off saying process. Yeah. You're just do, living your own words. You're yeah. saying, hey, mm -hmm. everything is a process, including how I approach public mm -hmm. speaking in order to get this outcome that I desire and they desire as well. Exactly. Manipulation is when- they don't desire it. They don't want it, but you convince them to do right. that. Then persuasion. they have buyer's remorse, seller's remorse, remorse. Right. That persuasion and influence is where you are leading them to a certain outcome and they themselves want to go there too. Exactly. They just don't know how to get there. They don't know how to get there. Yeah. And, then, and they trust you through all that whole process. It's a trust building process. And that's what people want. Not Because people look at, I want you to trust me, but I want to trust you too. I want to trust that you're going to take these pearls that I'm giving you, that you're going to go out and you're going to change your life for this reason. Here's my outcome in all of this stuff is that, you know, my saying, you've heard me say it a thousand times, those of us that dare to dream while the rest of the world is having a nightmare, we're not only going to create the abundance for our own lives and, and all the things that we want for our own lives, we're also going to be shining examples for the rest of the masses that they can look at, that they can observe and they can experience and they can go, I can do this as well. And, and for me, that's the, that's the whole thing. Because unless you've been living under a rock, most of the world is out there not doing so well. So we're going to open it up, tell them some facts about ourselves that they can't deny. We're going to tell them some realities about them that they cannot deny or the, uh, the, the, the world as it is right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then you're going to attack and what do you call it? Attack. Attack, attack a little and bit. Yeah. So we're doing some gut punches. Okay. <laughs> it's like, boom, boom, boom. Okay. But you said you wanted this outcome, but you're still hesitating. You're still procrastinating. You're still whatever. And you're not getting the results you want. Okay. And, but now it's time to bring them back in, give them a little hug. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so now we're going to say, but that's okay. Cause I've been there. I've done this I've too. I've been there and so have thousands of other yeah, people. Yeah. And, and this is how I did. This is what I used to do. So you, you just bring yourself back in and then they're like, oh, okay. My friend's back. Okay. And then you bring them to the solution. The solution is having a process of blah, blah, blah. Now everybody do something. Right. And now by that, by that, do something, you're anchoring it in. So many of our listeners reach out and they ask us how they can get involved in my actual real estate deals. Our investment firm specializes in finding deeply discounted properties, acquiring them, renovating, stabilizing both single family and multifamily properties all over the United States. That's why we're so excited to share with you clevercapitalfund.com. Now, if you have some investment capital and you want to deploy it and receive double digit returns back by real estate, then visit our website and see which fund is right for you. We have both equity funds and we have debt funds where you just get paid out every month like clockwork. All you got to do is visit www.clevercapitalfund.com today to learn more.
Then and only then is when you start your speech. Then and only then is when you do your pre, because all of that was, is done within the first five minutes. And this is, by the way, and there's so much I'm, I'm leaving out. And, and with the Institute, that's what we teach is all of those other pieces that are there, marking your audience and, and knowing where to stand and what to do and all those things. Those are as critically as, as, critically as important as what I just said. Um, and when you do all of those things, again, with the intention, that's, it makes such a biggest difference. And, and like I said, that's when you start your speech. That's when you can show them stuff. That's when you can teach them stuff because now they're open. And the and the hardest part is the first five or ten minutes when it you're is. when when you're walking out on stage. I don't care how confident you are. I've spoken in front of big audiences, small audience. I'm always out of breath a little bit and just a little mm -hmm. high, like a little anxiety is going on. No matter how confident I am to walk out there, my hands are shaking a little bit. It takes about a minute or two for me to just settle into pocket. Mm -hmm. And so, what a great formula to allow you to have your own time to settle into pocket, gain control of the audience. And then really start teaching. And that start, start and your thing. yeah, that and because now because you have the certainty now that you of what you're going to do. Um, and again, I'm leaving a bunch out, but it's what you do before you go on stage as well. See, there's the before, the during, and the after. That's the, those three pieces are critical to your presentation. And uh, as a matter like what of what are fact, some things you do before? I know Tony Robbins jumps on a trampoline, or yeah, I've heard different that, things. That, like, that works for that because that gets you hyped up and that kind of thing. You know what I am before I go on stage? You may have even seen it. I'm almost falling asleep. Matter of fact, Richard Branson. I was I was uh, I was on the circuit and he was uh, speaking as well. And I've been around him for a bunch of years and on the same circuit. And he said to me one time, he goes, "You know what?" And he goes, "How do you do this?" And I go, "What do you mean?" And he goes, I've seen you speak a bunch of times and you're always so relaxed. And I said, well, first of all, you know, I'm flattered that you stayed around because, you know, on this circuit, it's just like we speak and we're the hell out of there. And, and I told him, I said, well, because, he, and, and it's the truth, before I go on stage, I'm almost nodding out, Cody. I am so calm. I've watched you. You're yeah. really chill. I'm just chill. And that is a, a process, a longer process than I have to, to teach right now. But that is a process of, of getting myself, you know, doing all my prep work so that I know what I'm going to be talking about. So I don't have to, you know, be reading, uh, you know, my, my PowerPoint or anything like that. Or so I know what I'm doing. I've got it in my body and that kind of thing. And then I chill and then I'm okay. And I've done it so many times and I've anchored myself, which is another neuroencoding process to, to automatically cause myself to be triggered, to calm the hell down, to think about, now, I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a, an example of that. Most people are thinking about what am I going to do on stage? I'm not. Before I go on stage, I'm thinking about what I'm doing after it's already over. It's called preframing, or I'm sorry, it's yeah, it's called preframing. I'm sorry, it is called future pacing, and that is I'm I'm imagining myself walking off the stage to a smattering of applause. They and love going and you. Getting something to eat, you know. Yeah, that's where my head. I is. killed it up on stage. You're yeah. already in the future. Yeah, I'm already in the future. And, and that and mindset. What, and what? Right. That lowers your anxiety, or just gives you clarity, it, it or what? Not only lowers your anxiety, it sets up that that uh, that mental and emotional charge inside yourself that it's a done deal, that it's okay, that it's, there's no problem. It doesn't matter if you make a mistake. It doesn't matter anything. It's already done. It's like when we think about going on vacation, we don't think about you know, you know, all the, the prep work and all that stuff that we got to do and the packing and all that stuff. We think about the vacation, mm. right? And when you do, what does that do? It makes you feel good. And when you feel good and you feel relaxed, then it's no problem. You're not thinking about yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, this makes sense. Yeah. Uh, 
Wow, there's a lot more to being a professional speaker than just walking out on stage and just going, "All right, let's uh, let's start this presentation." Yeah, I good speakers. I are, have been uh, privileged, if you will, to be to have had on some unbelievable mentors uh, in my day as well. And all I've done is systematized it. That's all. Is yeah. Systematize it so that because my personal belief is anybody can do it. You've done some crazy events too, where you like went out on stage on an elephant and, and you know, you're, you're looking like a Sheikh Alibaba out there on an elephant rolling yeah. out to big applause to yeah. thousands of people. That was hilarious. Yeah. I've done a, a bunch of crazy stuff. Who, who, what are some of the crazier stories that we can share on something like this? Like who, who's like the most interesting people you met or the situations where you're like sitting there looking around going, how the heck did I end up here? Well, you know what? At the risk of sounding arrogant, I don't think like that. I think like I, I I deserve to be here and I deserve to be here because I have something to offer as well. I have just as much to offer as, as that guy over there. I'm going to give you a perfect example. Uh, one of my dear, dear friends and one of my mentors is Les Brown. And yeah, love uh, Les. He's yeah, great. Les is just absolutely amazing. And he's part of our Institute now, by the way, he's one of the faculty members of, of the Neuroencoding Institute. And so when uh, COVID happened, there was a scary moment for me. And again, you, I, I'm not sure if I talked about it here or, or, or not. Yeah, we did. We did talk about it earlier. I fear less. I'm not fearless. And so fear hits me as well. And so I remember the date. It was, it was March 20th, 2020. I get a phone call from one of my promoters uh, to, that he was going to have to cancel uh, some gigs. I think it was in Singapore. And before that phone call, maybe a month before that phone call, I was booked all the way into the end of this year, 2023. For years of booking. Years of booking yeah. every single month. And that's what I did. It's just what I, I love to do. And that's what I do. And all around the world. But they had been canceling one by one because the world was shutting down. So March 20th, I get this phone call. And the phone call from my promoter and they go, well, we got to cancel this string of events. And I go, no problem. They've been canceling like crazy. Hung the phone up and I went to my calendar and I canceled all of them. And all of a sudden my calendar is empty, nothing. And I got fearful in the moment. Something came over and I went, what am I going to, I literally said out loud, what am I going to do? And then because of, I've encoded myself, I don't teach theory, I practice what I preach. All of a sudden something, I stayed in that fearful place for a moment and then all of a sudden something came over me and I relaxed and I went in that place. I jumped up. I went into the bathroom in my office and I looked myself in the eyes and I go, Joseph, what do we get to do now? Mm. And that was because I've, again, I use the word encoded myself to, to do that so that when a fear shows up, it automatically triggers me to go to be optimistic or resourceful. I went back to my and sat down at my desk and I sat there and all of a sudden the, the phone rings again and it's Les Brown. In that moment, this is how amazing he is. He goes, look, I'm going to take you through a process. And he took me through a process. And in that process, he told my story better than I could tell myself. I was literally in tears. And that's, by, by the way, why he's part of our, our, our organization now. And what happened was I wrote that book in less than three weeks. All my other books have taken me, first book was over a year to write. And that book now is one of, we use the, the principles of that in neuroencoding as well. Oh, I love this. Yeah. And um, I mean, I got thousands of stories of, of my mentors because I honestly, I, you and I, we got the glory job. 
when we get to stand up in front of people and present and share with them the things that we know. But that didn't come just because you learned some skill of being able to speak. It came because you got so much experience. And the same here, I've got a lot of experience, not just being on stage, but life experience. I've had the privilege of coaching and mentoring and teaching Academy Award-winning movie stars and Grammy-winning musicians and major sports figures and millionaires and billionaires and everything in between. Yeah. And every time I do that, I learn something. And so I get to disseminate that. Well, were you a well. coach for, um, oh, what was that actor? He was phenomenal. The ones I can tell you about will be uh, uh, Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, that's who I was thinking yeah. about, Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. Man, and, I love him. You know, he's amazing. He is he's such just, a great actor. He's in such a great human being as well. Yeah, and, and so you were, so somebody like that would hire you to what? To just help to, them be better? To help them go further faster. Wow. I, I'm certainly not taking credit for it, but when he, I, when he hired me, just like when I talked to you, I said, what do you want? That's the fundamental thing. And he boiled it down to he wanted to win an Oscar. He hadn't won an Oscar yet. And within, and again, I'm not taking credit for it at all. Yeah. He won his Oscar for Last King of Scotland less than two years after that, you know. I love that. And, um, and so what are things that you guys work on? You like somebody like him, are you, what, it's all mindset shifting? Is it? You know, I, the, the word mindset, um, it's a good word and it's a popular word. I prefer psychology. And the difference is a mindset is what the words say. It's, it's a set of thoughts about a specific thing. And so you can have a mindset about money and we can shift that. That's great. And you can have that mindset, but if underneath inside, you don't think you're worthy enough, or if you think that, that, uh, you're not smart enough or all that stuff, then it's going to hinder you being able to think like that as a base, as, as a root part of you. And what I mean by that is this, is that psychology is simply this. Here's, here's a, here's a great thing. Psychology is just simply, because I, I like to simplify everything. As you've heard us say before, that, that, that complexity is the enemy of execution. You make things too complicated, people are not going to do things. Which, by the way, is what I love what you're doing with my son. You're make, you went on the, on the, on the uh, whiteboard and you drew it out, you know, little squares and things yeah. like that. So even a 16-year-old can go, I yeah. understand that. Yeah. And so psychology is simply this. The consistent thoughts that we have about ourselves about other people, and about our environment. That's it. Starting with the thoughts about ourselves. If we have uh, 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 doubts about ourselves or uncertainty about ourselves, I'm not good enough, I'm too fat, I'm too black, I'm too white, I'm whatever, then that's going to affect everything. And that's going to affect that second thing about what you think about other people. Do they think I'm, you know, are they, are they, judging me. And, and that's presupposing that they're judging the worst out of me. You know, are people bad or people good? That's going to affect your activity, what you're going to do. And then lastly, the world is good. The world is bad. You know, everything is crappy, all that stuff. Or the world is great. It's full of great people. You know, this, this, and that. All of those things, that's your psychology. And everybody has a different set of psychology, different psychology base. So the first place that I do is let's go in and let's, let's find out what your psychology is. Okay, say, so, so you're basically saying, hey, what? What are we working with here? What's the foundation? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. How yeah. do you operate? Right. How do you operate? And then, and then we're going to find that stuff out. And I'm going to do it in a way that you're going to figure it out, not me. Because I can sit here and I can watch your eye movements and I can do those things. And I can, from a traditional psychology standpoint, I can, I can figure some things out. And if I say this, most of the time, if I say something to people and I tell them, here's how you are, they already know it. They already know it. 
on some level, they're going to go away. Well, yeah, you're right. But instead, if I get them to recognize it, then they go, oh, yeah, then that's what this really is. That's what this really comes down to. And, and it's through a series of, of, of a process of questions, if you will, to get them to recognize that. And when they do that, it hits in their heart. And then they want to change it. And then they're, look, they're seeking ways to make that. Because in the back of their mind, everything they've ever touched, tasted, smelled, and experienced is still there. It's still there. And there's little things that trigger them to be fearful. There's little things to tr that trigger them to feel unresourceful, that trigger them to feel worthless or whatever is going on in there. And so instead of going through and finding out all those little things, you know, this, this happened to you when you were in third grade or, you know, this girl rejected you or this guy rejected you or whatever, we can go through and find out those little things or we can get them all and wipe them out in one, one step. So how long do you work with somebody like that, a celebrity that hires you? Is this like, you know, a couple month thing, a six month it's, thing? It, it, I would, I, it, when I was doing that, I don't do that so much anymore. I've got clients that I've, that I've tried to stop working with, but I've been working with this one guy for 10 years, actually more than 15 years now. And I ain't cheap. You know that. Yeah. He loves having you, know, you in his corner. Yeah, and he, you know, he, so, so I don't do that as much, but the answer is, is I will, I would generally do it for a year. Once a month, I'm going to meet with you one-on-one. -on -one, and then once a week, we're going to talk on the phone. Okay. All right. Well, if you can afford uh, Joseph McLennan's <laughs> you don't exuberant fee yeah. that, to, that's to get one-on-one -on -one coaching. That's, that's why I'm training it's, other people. It's a much yeah. better thing to, 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 if you, okay. So the average person would, would or would not want to go to the neuroencoding Institute, or is it somebody who wants to be a better speaker or wants to be a coach or wants to impact both. others? Both. We have, we have both because it is designed for first, because every, Everybody that wants to be a coach or a speaker, it's a certification. They got to do it on themselves first. They got to come, you know, with some game and, and, and I call it don't, not teach theory. You use what you're going to teach to somebody else or you're going to, you, you use what you're going to use to help somebody else. You help yourself first. Mm. I don't care who you are. I don't care because we get people. That, that come in that are already speakers. They're already amazing speakers that are already, that are, listen, I would say a quarter of my students are established physicians, uh, psychologists and psychiatrists already that have practices. And they come to us because, look, this is going to sound silly, but it's just the truth. If you come to me and you got a fear of dogs, take a guess what's going to be in my office. A Rottweiler? Yes. Yeah. You've yeah, you heard me tell about it. Yeah. Because, and, and within yeah. that half hour, you're going to hold that dog and you're going to be fine with the dog. So through methodology, we're going to, you're going to learn how to, these processes of doing that, but you do it to yourself first. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So now you have it in, in, and it's a reality in you. So you're not teaching theory. You said you wanted to talk about something. I forget what it was. You're like, oh, don't forget. I want to, I want to bring that up. Oh, well, I forgot. Uh, me too. I forgot <laughs> no, too. I, I, we were it, talking about something and. Yeah. There's something that, that I, I would like to share with you and maybe we'll share it with that other group over there uh, later as well, that I call the further, faster success formula, if you will. Mm, and it really it is. Sounds a, intriguing. It, yeah. It really is a path of that, that we all go through. And when you're aware of it, you'll go through it quicker and easier. And first off, the question I always ask people is, do you want what you want sooner rather than later? Answer is always a resounding yes. Yes, please. Yes, please. Yep. And so I, mean, I call that going further faster. So step number one is turn your dream into a vision. 
and there's a difference. And this is a must because until you do that, then you're gonna just you're gonna keep on being a dream. A dream is temporary. We don't and and, and we experience it every once in a while. It's just like, oh yeah, I'd like to make more money. Squirrel, <laughs> you know, we're often we're distracted. And and dreams are temporary and they don't have a lot of emotion with them. Remember, we're emotion, we're emotion, emotional creatures, and we move through life with emotion. The most emotion that we have about something is the place that we're gonna go the most. And so if we have a lot of emotion about making money, then we're going to make more money. That's that's the bottom line. But if you only have it for a little while, that's a dream. A vision. Is that why I get like a chubby when I see real estate deals exactly. that are really good? I get yes. real excited. Yeah, I know. And I understand now what you're saying to me. <laughs> see, and you just taught yourself. <laughs> you just had an aha moment. <laughs> you related the chubby to the yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm obviously so, excited about making money. A vision is just that. A vision is a dream that is visited often and as, as much as possible with an intense amount of emotion attached to it. Said differently, if you take out Siri and you go, Siri, remind me to view my vision in one hour. And when you do, you read what you've written down or your, your goal or whatever that you want to do. And you force yourself, you cause yourself to get excited about it. You cause yourself to, you know, whether it's jumping on a trampoline or doing whatever it is. In that moment, cause yourself to be emotional. Three things happen. Number one, you get an, an energetic connection that makes you believe that it's real. Number two, you get a physical connection that makes you believe that it's real. And then number three, you get a, 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 a in, in my opinion, you get connected to it in a way that not only you believe that it's real, but it's an already done deal. It becomes your habit to continue to go back there. You keep going back there even when you're not thinking about it. It's living in the back of your head. It's constantly there. That's when it's a vision. Now, there's other definitions of visions that I have for that, but that's how you turn your dream into a vision. Vision, write it down. What you write is what you invite. Write it down and get your pictures, do whatever it is, and visit it on schedule several times and cause yourself to be excited and then celebrate. Once that happens, then you've got to go from willpower to do power. And what that means is, is I'm sorry, once that happens, then you've got to set up a plan. Forgive me. You've got to set up a plan. And the plan is how to make that happen. Because what do, what do most people do? They go, okay, I want to make more money. So what's my plan? Okay, I'm going to go to this seminar. Here's your plan. you got to do this, 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 and this. But they're not excited about it. But when you set up a plan when you're on fire and you believe that you can do it, then you set your plan up that's, that is unrealistically realistic. You say, I'm going to get up and I'm going to make these calls this day. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. But you feel like doing it because you've got all that energy behind you that's in your unconscious mind, remember your psychology. And then, by the way, that once you have that plan, then you've got to turn the willpower into do power. And what that means is, Everybody has willpower when we're excited. I will do this. I, 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 you know, everybody say, I will go on my diet tomorrow when they can't get in their pants, you know, and they can't, mm -hmm. you know, fit in their, in their clothes or when they, they feel that, that uh, sick feeling of being overweight or whatever. They will do it. But then tomorrow comes and there's cake on the table, <laughs> you know, willpower goes away. And so the do power is the important part. And that is, and it's really, really simple, not necessarily easy, but simple. Think about it, just like I told you before. And when, you've, when, you, when you get in that place about thinking about it and you go, well, then you got to snap yourself out of it.
You do that enough times, so pretty soon you'll want to do it because now it's a process. You felt good. You believe that you can do it. You've got a plan that you feel good. You believe that you can do it. And now you train yourself to go from will to do. And then, then once you've done that, then that, or so once you've got your plan, then you go from willpower to do power. And then the last step is always every single day, review and celebrate. At the end of the day, look at what you've done and even your failures, celebrate them because it's the celebration that teaches your nervous system to do it again. Oh, I, you know, I got told no, but I'm still alive. And you, you, your brain starts to come with optimism of, uh, of things that are possible and what's happening with all of that behind you. That train that you just set up for yourself through that process is unstoppable because then when, when obstacles show up, your brain goes, I can do this. I will do this. I feel like doing it. I already see it. I believe it. And that's how you, you, you bust through those barriers and all those obstacles that get in our way. I love this. We're giving people the game, the hey, blueprint. I'm like, all, all right, right. Like, this stop, stop playing Man, small. I owe you not just for what you're doing for my son and what you're doing, but I owe you because you've allowed me to do what I was put on this planet to do, which is as altruistic as it sounds, to serve people and, and help them go further faster. What I just heard you say, Joseph, is you're going to speak at my next events for free. Well, I, I'm not sure that I said that. Okay, however, I wasn't sure. I, yeah, I was trying sure to just get it here however. on camera, yeah. but it's, uh, <laughs> I know I was close. It was something at a discount uh. or free. Or, no, you look, you're worth every penny. Every single time I bring you on stage, you light that audience up at our last Clever Summit. We had about 2,500, 3,000 yeah. people in audience. It was a beautiful event. We had about 7,000 people watching online. It was, it was the biggest event I've ever thrown. And it was the most successful event I've ever thrown because you kicked it off. And every time you come out first, you raise the bar for every speaker behind you. You raise the energy in the room for every attendee. Everybody knows like we're here to win. We're here to play the game. And I walk out after, I don't know how you do it. It really is beautiful. You train them so well. I can walk out and go stand up and 3,000 people are like, yes! Yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, whoa, that was easy. And you feel like such a badass as a speaker because you condition them for an well, there's hour. There's the word. There's the word. I condition them. They don't even know it. I condition them. All I have to do is say a few words and I can, remember I said that you, you walk in the room, there's a dog. It's because I've conditioned, I condition this person to respond a certain way through process. So every time, wherever I go, listen, I'm in airports all over the world and I've heard people go, Joseph, put your books down and stand up. Yeah, because <laughs> you know? they know. Because they know that. They yeah. got that. Um, and I was like, yeah, my say, favorite was uh, Astitude. Yeah, 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 that's where you just got a little little spunkiness in yeah, your yeah. attitude. Yeah, all of those things, and and again, how I do it is process. It, it's all a process. I, I, you know, I don't want people to think, well, that guy Joseph is so special because he's a great speaker. I want people to to recognize that. Wait a minute, because any of my students, when they, now when they see me speaking, they always say the same thing. Now I know what you're doing. Unbelievable. I can't believe now I know what you're doing. But the best part about it is they get to do it too. Yeah. You know, my when I watch a great speaker and they're selling from stage and I'm watching the mechanics and the neurolinguistic programming and the open loops and the pre-frames and all the things you taught me, which by the way, you taught me how to be a, a, a killer from stage. Like this is I my mentor, by the way, on how I, I, you scripted out my first clothes that yeah, I've that, ever done. That's what I wanted to remind and you. And I, 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 I memorized the whole thing. I forgot it halfway through, but it got me far enough along where I understood the framework. 
And that first event, we probably made, I don't know, four or $500,000. It was like, okay, that was my first time pitching from stage. I made almost half a million. Then the next event I opened, when the event came, I watched the footage of me speaking. I pulled back open my script. I modified some things. I went back at it. Now we do a million dollars. The next yeah. event, we did a little more. This last event, we did $8.8 million from a single event. And that's because you taught me how to control the audience and how to frame and how to close and how to pitch and how to tell stories better and open loops and close the loops and just all the, the things that when you have more time, you can go wow. down this rabbit hole. There's a lot to it. Mm -hmm. Now I'm watching somebody, first off, two things. One, it's beautiful to watch when somebody's True. really good. It's orchestration, yeah. Yeah, it's magic. And two, I'm throwing my credit card up on stage because I'm a buyer. Right. I'm, I love greatness. And right away, I'm like, whatever this guy's selling, I'm buying because I'm watching greatness happen in front of me. I, there's things and I can you learn. you want to be yeah. that great. Because uh, uh, first, I want to remind you of something that I, uh, there's two things I want to remind you of. You're one of the events and that event that you're talking about right there, the look on your face and the look on your sales team face when those people rush to the back to go to the back. It was like, Joseph, what do we do? What? It was like, <laughs> it's oh, working. Yeah, it's just working. <laughs> it was hilarious. It was absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Second thing I want to remind you of is a, a gift that you gave me that I still have in my house. I walked out on stage not knowing this. I walked out on stage on one of your stages and half those people had my head on a pillow do you remember that? Oh, yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah. I, I <laughs> blew my, your head up. Yeah, I blew my head up on a, on a pillow. Yeah. And it was like, <laughs> you know, you, you shocked the speaker. We try to have fun with the speakers, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. and really, really make them feel special. Because, I mean, the event, I could never do it without you coming out and doing your thing. Um, so, first off, thanks for hanging out and having this conversation. It, it was very tactical, and I love that about you. You, you. you get people in the right mindset, but you give them the strategy to actually go and do something with it. So hopefully you, you feel a little bit more clarity on whatever you're trying to do. There's so many times in life, like right now, especially where people are stuck, they're out of runway, they're financially in a bad spot, they're, they're, they're in this toxic negative environment, maybe there's a bunch of neglect or lack of love or lack of resources or something is happening in their world. And they're sitting there going like, I don't know what to do. Well, it's not, no, nobody's going to roll out the red carpet for you. There's no, nobody owes you anything. It's up to you. You got to, you got to take massive action. And sometimes when you feel stuck, you don't feel like doing it. Exactly. But when you get around a guy like you, you start to believe, oh, I can get unstuck. I can start moving. And it's just these baby steps towards. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Just getting out of that environment and getting into a new state of mind, a new set of processes. And I promise you, all of a sudden things will start to open up and you'll start to believe, well, I know there's only couple months left in 2023. I know that I got to really make up a lot of lost ground in 2024. I can, I feel like I can do it now. So they just need to get more proximity to people like you. So, no so they can just keep reminding themselves that you can do this. You, you, it's your obligation to do it. First off, your kids are watching that you owe it to them. You owe it to the community. You owe it to yourself. Start keeping more promises to yourself and and really, you know, draw that line in the sand. That was like one of the things that I realized, like I can sit here and be scared and hesitate all the time, or I can tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, I want to talk to you about something I think that's big and scary and and just go for it. And I've, I've conditioned myself to be that person that always pushes. Can, can I add to that? Because that was so beautifully put and you, you said it up front and I, I want to put it this way, be proactive about proximity to greatness. 
Yeah. You know, be proactive. And I hear people saying, well, why would I go to a seminar? Here's this guy doing a seminar. And I'm going, you go for you so that you can be in the proximity. I don't care if it's in the audience, your proximity to that person. It's different than sitting in front of a screen, you know, looking at or doing Netflix or something like that. That proximity makes you, it empowers you. And empowerment is different than exciting you. Empowerment makes means that you tell you that you can do this. Even if it's just for a moment, you come away from that event. And when you go to an event like your events that aren't just, you know, pump up and getting people excited, you give them tools and give them something that they can do. And, and, and as they do that, and you give them an example of that, as they do that, then what happens? They start to get results. And the, word that, the words that you use are so, so important. Baby steps. Everybody yeah. wants to go from zero to 150 right now. Well, listen, nobody stood up and ran the first time they tried to walk. They took baby steps. Yeah. And those baby steps, it doesn't mean that you're going to continue to just take baby steps. It's exp it's exponential. You know, the first step and then the second step is bigger and faster. The next step is bigger and faster to pretty soon you're running. Yeah. And when you're around other successful people that hold you accountable, those baby steps get easier and easier exactly. as time goes on. And uh, and it's, it's, uh, it's cool to see everything that you're doing right now with this new online kind of model and the Institute and everything, how, how do people get involved? Uh, there's a couple of ways you can, you can obviously social media and, and on my social media, I am Joseph McClendon. Uh, and he's not the first and he's not the second. He's <laughs> the, the third. third. However, I am in Instagram and Facebook. It's just Joseph, Joseph McClendon, McClendon, I believe. Uh, or you can go to neuroencoding.com. And you mentioned this before. This is not just for those that want to be coaches and, and speakers. It's for anybody. And that's the way we designed it. You know, we're going to certify you, but you're going to, you're going to know, because I, I would say uh, another 50% of the people there are people that are, they want to run a business. So they want to create a business. They want to create something, but they know the only thing that's in the way. And it's always the only thing in the way is their own psychology. Yeah. And when you learn the skills of being able to shift that, then those 10 deadly sins, then they become the, what I call the, the thieves of our dreams, they be, you mitigate them. They become small. It's not to say that you won't ever be triggered because we're all human. But when they do, you bypass them. I'm going to give you a real quick last story on this, maybe last story, I don't know. Um, if, because I always want to make sure that people know that I don't teach theory, meaning I do it myself. I was doing an event. It's been almost six years ago now, Cody. Um, I was in Florida. And... It was 5.30 in the morning, which means it's 2.30 in the morning here or, or in my home in California. And I live in Newport Beach. And well, you, you've been to my mm -hmm. house. And it was inside a gated community on top of a mountain, 24-hour guard gate there that I could literally throw a rock to my guard, uh, you know, from my house. And when I leave, I always take all of my possessions, my family photos, watch collection, cash, anything that I have, and I put it in a, a five by three by three gun safe. And I collect rare bass guitars. You know, some of my bass guitars are like twenty and $30,000. And I put everything in there and it's bolted to the ground. And I never worry about it because I'm in a guard gated community and it's, I got this safe. And so I get this phone call in the morning and it's from my alarm company. It's 5.30 in the morning or 2.30 in, uh, at home. And they go, well, Mr. McClendon, your alarm has gone off. Are you home? And I go, no. And they go, well, we're going to dispatch the police um, because you know, you're not there. And I said, okay. I go back to sleep, Cody, because I got a guard-gated community. I got, you know, I got all that mm -hmm. stuff. And I'm chill. And, I, and you know, I just go back to sleep. 
20 minutes later, I get a phone call back and it's the sheriff. And he goes, Mr. McClendon, it looks like somebody's broken into your house. Can we go inside? And I go, well, yeah. And he says, okay, we'll call you back. And I go, I don't go back to sleep, but now I'm mildly frustrated because now if they get in, they're going to take the TVs and all that stuff. And I got to find my insurance and all that stuff. And it's going to be a hassle. 20 minutes later, and I don't go back to sleep, but you know, and I'm just frustrated. 20 minutes later, I get a phone call. And it's the sheriff again. He goes, Mr. McClendon, did you have a safe? No way. And it was, Cody, it was like somebody punched me in the face and the stomach at the same time. Everything that I valued, there's, there's recordings of my mom's voice who passed away a few years ago. I'll never hear again. Family photos. Everything that I valued is gone. These people broke into my house, tore the safe out of the ground. They did $150,000 $150, worth of damage dragging that safe out, and it's gone. And in that moment, I was devastated, devastated. And that feeling lasted about 20 seconds before something came over me. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not happy that I lost my stuff, but I was calm and I was chill. And my brain started, I remember in that moment thinking, okay, it, it was interesting. I wasn't thinking, who did this? My brain was going, okay, you know, what do I do now? What can I do to fix this? And because of my, my state in that moment, the sheriff who was talking to me, he asked me a few questions. And because of the things that I told him, it was about two and a half months later. I didn't get everything back, but I got some of my stuff back because of what I was able to tell him in that calm moment. And he told me, he goes, I can't believe how chill you were through this whole process. And I, and I told him, I said, I wasn't at first. And he goes, but, you know, he's, and, and this was all over the phone. And when I got home, you know, and saw everything and everything was gone, I'm still telling you, it still hurts. Yeah, you know, to a nobody extent. wants to be violated yeah. like that. No, it was, it was terrible. So my point is this. How, how in the heck did they get past the guard gate? It was terrible. I, I'll, I'll tell you this so you're aware of it and everybody listening is aware of it as well. Here's what these professionals do is that they, they will park outside the, the complex and they will, they're in their van and the adults will stay outside and then they send the minors in with backpacks. They'll jump the fence, they'll walk around the, the, the perimeter and they'll, they'll listen and if there's a yard where there's no dog, then they'll jump the fence and they'll come in and now they're inside the, the complex and they look for houses with, with poor lighting, which my, you know, I didn't have my, I, was un, I wasn't lit very well and with no dogs. And then they'll go into that backyard and they'll look in the windows. And if the windows are open, not the windows, but the blinds are open and there's nobody in the bedrooms, they know there's nobody there, which all of those things I violated. My mm. blinds were open. I, was, uh, I wasn't lit well and all those things. And then they know if they hit the glass and the alarm goes off, then they get out of there. But they can look around somehow. This is what the what the detective was telling me. They can look around somehow and they can tell whether you have what's called glass break. And I didn't. I had, you know, the regular the perimeter, the, window opens the sensor or, yeah, or something. I, yeah, I had sensors, but they know how to get around them. I don't know how, but they, they know how to get around the sensor, the, the motion sensors. Uh, but what they did was they they go in and they look through the windows and they see, okay, well, wait, there's no sensors in this room. So we can get in and they smash the window because it doesn't separate the contacts yeah. and now they're in the house. And then they look around and what the, what the, the miners are looking for, they're just looking for jewelry and cash and things that they can pawn. But they came to my house and they saw that there was a safe. 
and they know that, oh, there's valuables in the safe. How they tore it out of the ground, I don't know, because it was bolted into the ground, into the, into the concrete. Um, but they did, and then they went to, uh, they, they couldn't get it down the, or out the window, so they pushed it down, and once the alarm went off, they know they still got a, at least 15 minutes before anybody shows up. But here's what they did. They didn't do it right then. They didn't go to there. Two other houses on my house got, or three others got burglarized as well. They went to their house and they stole their cars because on the car, there's a transponder that opens the gate. I don't have to stop at the gate to have the guy open the gate. There's a transponder on the car. So they took the car outside, took the transponder off and put it on their van and drove in. They, they, and they coordinated because when we found it, we found it later. They had, when they caught the guys, they found, they had a cell phone and they had cell phone records of him calling from inside my house to right outside the house. Listen, these are some pros. They're pros. Yeah, this they is crazy. They came in, they knew they had 15 minutes. So they, they waited and they had the guy drive in, park in my driveway. Yeah, they got you. And then they got I, I have no idea how they pushed that freaking safe, moved that safe, Dude, did anything with that safe. They left their dolly there. There was a dolly. They came prepared. They knew yeah. there was a dolly. Wow. I mean, they knew there was a safe. So they they brought a dolly. That's insane. It was crazy. I've been to your house. I have no idea how they got it down the hill. Dude. Um, uh, well, somebody broke into one of my houses one time that I was renovating. They stole my stove. And then I went. Well, I feel then, you now, baby. Then, yeah. then I went to the used appliance store and I bought my own <laughs> yeah. stove back. Optimistic, yeah. baby. I Optimistic. went there and I went, I was like, well, I gotta buy a stove. And then I'm like, is that my mother? Oh, you bought stove? your own stove. My back. own stove. <laughs> Two days later, bought my own stove back. It had the dolly dents on the side of it from when they drugged it out yeah. of the house. Yeah. Nowhere near the same pain as what you're talking yeah. about, but uh, I've been there and felt, felt violated. Uh, All of that to say, uh, you know, I, I don't teach theory, practice what you preach. And and I, if I was to say that there's anything that I would want everybody to get is that pain is temporary. If this too shall pass. And you can mitigate that pain through process. You can mitigate that pain through the process and also cause that pain to trigger you to be resourceful. I love that. All right. Well, guys, go check out Joseph on social media. Also, you said neuroencoding. Neuroencoding.com or josephmcclendon.com. There you well. go. All right. Well, I love you, bro. You as like, well, my a, a, As my mentor, as a friend, as somebody I just look up to, I can't thank you enough for all, all the stuff you've, oh, you've we're taught me over started, the years. Baby. Yeah, I hope we're that's the truth. Started. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you for watching. This has been a great episode. Hopefully, you got some value from it. Uh, you know, make sure you share this with a friend. Um, please give us some reviews. Uh, on uh, Apple and Spotify. And um, if you want to see this actually as a live video, go over to my YouTube channel at Clever Investor. We're out here. Until next time, take care. Come your hair. Peace. Hey, Cody Sperber, the original Clever Investor, host of the Clever Investor Show podcast. And I'm shooting this ad right now to let you know that this podcast exists. It's finally out and we have some amazing guests. So please, I'm begging you, can you just come and give our podcast a listen? I've been doing real estate for a really long time. I've accessed some of the coolest people in the world. We were having all these amazing conversations and I'm like, what are we doing? Let's record this and actually put it out on a podcast. But the problem is I have to let people know about it. That's where this ad comes in and this is where you come in. 
You're gonna be able to learn from successful entrepreneurs, get in-depth interviews from amazing leading experts. You're gonna learn real estate investing strategies and tactical training strategies that work in today's market. We're going over market analysis and different market predictions. You're gonna be able to engage in an awesome community. And we go into some pretty deep dives on the mindset of what it takes to win the game of money and in life, plus lots of bonus resources and exclusive content. So what you're gonna to wanna to do right now is click the link that you see on your screen and give the show a subscribe today. We have amazing guests like Ken McElroy and Robert Kiyosaki and Wes Watson and Pace Morby and Jamil Damji and Vina Jetty and a whole host of amazing men and women entrepreneurs that you're gonna to love to learn from and get to know. So what you wanna do right now is click that link and give the show a subscribe today.